You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. When I was in high school, this was probably my senior year, it was finals week and uh, during finals week we had long lunches because we were taking tests and so after we'd finished tests for the morning my friends and I went out in a car it was my my friend's parents car and he said he wasn't supposed to drive anyone else in the car but he he said just don't tell my parents and we all went to lunch and uh, or we, we got lunch and we we're eating and driving around because we had an hour to kill and uh, a Cadillac pulled in front and my friend just hit it as, as hard as you could. And in that moment, I remember everything about that moment. It's, it's still completely clear to me and it's uh, you know, more than 25 years ago. I can see the, the hamburger that I was eating as it, as it flew in slow motion like this through the car. I can see the expressions of the other people in the car. I can see, it's just like a movie, I can see drinks splashing like this, you know. Everything frozen in time. A, a, you know, a distorted awareness, but, but a feeling of real clarity too while it was happening, that everything slowed down and that I could see what the sky was like and I could see the other car and I could I could know anything that I wanted to, to look at. And then, you know, that moment passed and it speeds up again, you know, and you're disoriented and you're trying to, uh, you're stumbling out of the car and trying to figure out what to do next and, and it's lost. But there's that moment where everything seems to be so clear. That's story one. Story two is, is much less exciting, which is that I traveled on the weekend and I was late for one flight and then I ended up getting into where I was going late and I had to get up the next morning and I spent the day doing things at the temple and then the next morning I did the same and then I rushed off to the airport and then I was in airports and then I got back here late at night and I went to bed and I started Monday the way I would usually start Monday. And I, I was just so tired yesterday. I was dead on my feet. And everything anyone said to me, I, would, I, w I could process it, you know. But I didn't feel like I was uh, at 100%. You know, someone would say something and I would kind of breathe and I'd think about it. And then I'd say, okay, yeah, I can do that. Or whatever that is. <laughs> right. Everything, everything had a pause along the way. And then today wasn't quite as bad, but still this sense of, of recovery, of not being fully awake. And one highlight today was that I, I ended up in a conversation with some people about what a Buddha is. <laughs> and, and it got me thinking about how tired I was. And it got me thinking about that time in the car 
you know, a Buddha is, we say a Buddha is someone who is awake. There are different kinds of awake. We imagine, I think, that, that to be awake in the sense of being a Buddha is to be somehow kind of omniscient, almost. That you see everything in all directions. That you have no questions, right? That would be so nice. It sounds really appealing to be whatever our projection is of that thing. It's also, of course, a kind of a fool's game because just take a moment to imagine yourself with no questions. If you think you can do it, I, I think you're kidding yourself. I think, I think you don't know who that is. But we'd like that. We'd like for everything to be just laid out. We'd like for things to, to appear in high definition and in slow motion so that we can take the time to choose the thing we're seeing and to really, really see it. We don't want to feel the way that you do when you're jet lagged. You know, that's, that's kind of, that feels like a loss. Tonight, what I originally was going to talk about was vow. And, and I want to talk about vow, but I, I want to think of it a bit in terms of this idea of, of wakefulness. What is a Buddha? <laughs> a Buddha is someone who is awake. Awake to what? <laughs> well, in this tradition, we talk about Buddha, as in everyone is Buddha. And then we talk about the Buddha, or a Buddha. And we even tell you when you sit, don't try to become a Buddha. <laughs> because that, that denies that you are Buddha. So let that go. But then we have this idea. So what is a Buddha awake to? I don't think this is the most elegant phrasing, but I think a Buddha is awake to the wakefulness of everything. Most of the time, we're probably not. Right? A Buddha is awake to Buddha. But that doesn't mean that we can't try to be awake. Not, not in some imaginary sense. You know, not in the sense that we're trying to cultivate a certain mind, not in the sense that we're trying to become a certain person with a certain set of eyes, but in the sense that we can simply make the decision to try our best not to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So when you're tired, when you don't feel you're awake, when wakefulness seems like it's out here, you can... You say, hey, come back, come back, right? Everyone knows this experience. And this is what we do in Zazen every time. I think, I think, I think we all do this in Zazen every time. We sit here and if you're like me, 
and you really love how this feels, you sit here and for a couple minutes you feel really fantastic. This is my experience almost every time I sit. I think, man, this is, this is it. This is the posture. And then a couple minutes later, you know, I start to remember something. Or, and then I say, hey, but I'm here. And then I'm back, right? And then if I'm tired, if I'm physically tired, I might go quite a ways down some hole for a while. You know, I'll build a temple in my mind. I'm pretty good at it. And then I'll think, hey, hey, that's not here. This is here. And then I come back, right? And all I'm doing is I'm saying, don't sleep. Just don't sleep, right? I don't have to make that leap to saying, hey, be some weird concept of what it is to be awake. <laughs> so don't lose this, right? It's a very scary experience, I think, a very intense experience to be driving and be falling asleep as you drive. You know, if you've, if you've ever taken a long road trip, you're driving at night and, you can, and you're on the highway and you don't know where to pull over or maybe, you know, you know the next town is two hours away, but you can't summon the energy that you need to be okay. And this fight that you're having can be the most intense fight of your life, right? You're driving with your eyes like this and you're gripping the steering wheel and your back is straight and you're saying, just don't lose it, mm -hmm. right? That's vow. Mm -hmm. That's what vow looks like. We can talk about vow in at least two main ways. One, we can talk about the specific vows, right? We can say there's vow one, vow two, vow three, vow four. We should talk about those. But there's another way, which is the first way that I think of vow, and I think the way that most of us think of vow when we just hear it, which is that there's this, there's this thing that we can't articulate. There's a thing that we can't define. We can't say, I'm, my vow is to do this. Because it's a vow that underlies those vows. And it's this decision. It's this decision that we would rather not fall asleep than fall asleep. You might say it a different way. But I have a sense, after a lot of years of talking with people about this, that actually, if, if we could find a way to talk about this, we would find that we're talking about the same thing. You know. One of my working assumptions of this practice is that you know what to do. <laughs> You know what that thing is. The gap is between what you know and what you do. And we can come up with a thousand reasons to obscure that thing that we feel, to obscure that pull, to, to, to put it on hold, to say maybe this doesn't need to be primary. Right? Or maybe I'll get to this tomorrow. Or maybe I'm not good enough for this. Maybe I'm not qualified.
but there's something that brings you here. It's a mystery. There's something that brings you here. And there's something that when you're just walking down the street and the air shifts or you see something that brings you this little feeling of, of inspiration. And you don't get to know what it is, but you recognize it. Maybe you don't see it all the time. Maybe you don't see it every day, but it's there. And it's saying, don't fall asleep. Keep your eyes on the road. Right? Pay attention. Not because you know exactly what to do. Right? But probably because you don't. So you need to... Wake up. Every time I wake up in the morning, I have the same experience. This hasn't been true my whole life, but it's true most of my life. But I hear the alarm. I think, oh man. And then I have a little conversation with myself about what's wrong with me. <laughs> I ask myself, is this going to bother you every day? You might have 40 more years, right? And then I wake up. I have these moments with my kids where, you know, I'm, I'm tired or I'm preoccupied, and my kids are saying, hey, 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 you know, dance with me in the kitchen, or look at this thing that I drew. And I'm saying, oh, just a second, just a second, just a second. And then some alarm goes off. And I say, oh, yeah. I'm falling asleep. We talked in the last few weeks about the idea of just standing up straight. Again, it's, it's, you don't stand up straight because standing up straight has some sort of moral value. But if you decide that you're going to stand up straight and then you find that you're not standing up straight, then you know you're falling asleep because you already decided to do it. That's your alarm. Wake up. Vow is really simple. We can feel it in our bodies. We can watch it in the way that we breathe. We can watch it in the way that we walk. We can watch it in the way that we sit. And when we start talking about it in terms of the vows, all we're doing is we're constructing a an inspiring narrative around that. Mm -hmm. It's a pep talk, <laughs> which I need, by the way. But as huge as it sounds, it's speaking to something that's, 
that's very, very local and very simple and very present and that you already know. And that's where I'll stop. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.